2: wonderful topic tonight and our topic is based on a a book of yours called the soul's intent an interview with the divine
0: yeah the soul's intent actually came out of about uh oh gosh probably about 50 or 60 of my patients uh of, of work i was doing with them as far as their dream content and as it, for, for folks who've been listening to the show, uh, I was kind of helping people come back from, from adversity, come back from severe trauma, and as a result of that, um, their dream content was picking up and it was uh, giving me all kind of symbology. And I, I found a, a discussion was taking place between uh, the human ego and the soul. And so – the chapters of the book are kind of broken down based upon that conversation and uh, mm-hmm. about the ego and the soul. And so, and so, what what inspired me to come up with the title "The Soul's Intent" is uh, that most of us never really think about what the soul's intent would be. And of course, um, what I surmised after thousands of, of cases and thousands of dreams is, is that the soul's intent is for us to get here
1: mm-hmm. uh, to be
0: present. To just simply be who we are and and be our be our authentic self. And so I I say in the book that um, we think we get here when we're born, but we don't get here till we choose to arrive. And so that's kind of like the tagline of the soul's intent that arrival is a choice.
1: Mm-hmm. And uh, and and
0: of course to to then to to uh, reach presence and then to self express right. and merge with other soul emerge with other souls of course. So yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. And, and you also and is, go, and, mm-hmm.
0: go ahead, I delve what?
2: You also go into um how the ego is formed and how that takes us away from communication with our authentic self being the soul.
0: Yeah, Which, yeah. And yeah. And, and,
1: yeah.
0: and the fascinating part about that, Irma, is is that uh based upon my history and, and the work that I've done in the and the spiritual path that I had been on with this is that we, we actually have, a con- have contact with the soul very early on, uh, even as far back as in the womb, if you will. And, uh, mm-hmm. and the, first, the first contact we have, of course, is, the, uh, is being connected to the heart of the creator, which in, in this example would be the mother and and we synchronize our, our heart. The beating of our heart syncs with the heart of the mother. And we, we, we kind of lie in that synchronized state for nine months before we get here. And then shortly after we arrive, we go about sixteen, eighteen, twenty 18, 20 months, depending upon which expert you're talking to, before we have language. So literally for almost three years, we have a precognitive memory of a connection to the soul.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: so... So, so the soul's intent is for us to recover that, to remember that initial beginning. And, and what keeps us from it, of course, is uh, the adaptive uh, component of the ego itself. Since the ego kicks into an adaptive mode, as soon as we take on language, the ego is formed and, and the ego kind of takes over. Uh, and we move away from the heart as the compass uh, to shifting to the ego as the compass because we're we're trying to survive and live in the external world, and so we don't really realize that at the time that as wonderful as the ego is at kind of uh, moving through the external world, it is absolutely helpless uh, in terms of the internal world,
1: mm-hmm. and uh,
0: so that. And so what really happens is we have to kind of get to a place where we reconnect with that and you and I've talked about it on other shows. It typically doesn't hit us until around midlife that, that we begin mm-hmm. to feel to, to feel that reconnection. And that's and that's the buzz in the in the in the spiritual community. How do you reconnect with um uh how how do you reconnect with the authentic self? And so right. yeah, that's so, right. so that that was the that was the motivation behind it. But but I will tell you that I wrote that book, and I've even forgot what year I wrote the book. I want to say 2002 or four or six. I've lost track when it was. Um, it, it it's turning out to be, as you know, the impetus for everything that we're doing uh, mm. together, you and I, and everything that I intend to do. Uh, because mm-hmm. under the soul's intent is intentional guide to evolution. Under the soul's intent is mediating within, which is communicating with these inner voices under the soul's uh, intent is get the compassion and what that means. Uh, there's just so many layers to, uh, to communicating with the soul. And uh, so, so yeah, so yeah. As much and as one we talk about
1: mm-hmm.
0: one of my,
2: one of your biggest projects that, that you're working on that will be coming up is, is the wisdom series. I'm not sure if that's still what you're going to be calling it, but that's. Oh yeah. 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 Yeah yeah the wisdom
0: yeah the wisdom series is really uh, that I'm going to be introducing people to the concept of catharsis and the process of what it means to go through a cathartic experience
1: mm-hmm. and,
0: uh, and 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 we're going to be you and I are going to be making those videos at some point talking about the layers of awareness that that happens when we are uh, kind of suffering with ourselves uh,
1: mm-hmm. which
0: is Correct, which is the correct way to suffer, uh, yeah. and, uh, and 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 the premise of the wisdom series, uh, and the in the premise really of everything that we're talking about is that this is all happening to us uh, to self-correct. That uh, mm-hmm. we are struggling with we are we are struggling with depression and anxiety and fear and all these different kinds of egoic concerns because we are attempting to self-correct, and and by that I mean attempting to live out of the soul's intent which is what mm-hmm. the the ultimate self which is what the ultimate self correction would be to be right. in the soul, to be in the soul's uh, uh kind of view
2: right yeah. right yeah I was thinking today as I was rereading um the book and it's such a wonderful book and and so so rich um and each chapter is is um Proceeded by an intention, which then you know you go into into the chapter and all the, the beautiful teachings that you offer. and one of the things I was thinking about today as I was rereading uh, the soul's intent is that all human beings are are spiritual people. we're all spiritual. but what makes some of us aware of that um, spiritual side? of us and some not. And I was thinking it, it is the willingness to suffer. That's kind of what opens, opens the door to the spirit as um, provocator or, or motivator. But without that willingness to, to experience our suffering, we don't really, um, I don't think we get, we can get back to our authentic self without that. That's just something I was pondering on today as I was rereading your your book. Yeah, yeah, it's
0: one of those it's one of those ironies that we uh, you know we talk about uh, and we we've heard all of our lives about how human beings only use a small percentage of their brain. Uh, we know now, at least I know now, that the percentage of the brain that we're using is the left hemisphere of the brain. So what we're really saying is, is that the percentage of us are not using the right hemisphere which is where symbology and metaphor is and this is how the soul communicates to us it's mm-hmm. and so if you begin to start seeing your life through the right side of the brain then then your entire life becomes a metaphor and everything becomes symbolic and so this is what it means that things happen for a reason things happen for a symbolic metaphorical reason and your challenge mm-hmm. spiritually is to get to get what that reason is yeah
1: and so yeah. It's,
0: it's, it's all it's, it's all very, uh, very cool stuff. And, and what's, what's profound about it to me, Irma, is that if we're using a, a, a small percentage of our brain, what percentage of the soul are we using, you see?
1: <laughs> uh, and
0: and we're, we're, we're using a microcosm of the soul's capability and the soul's potential. And, uh, mm-hmm. and so this really is what it means to, to, to live, you know, to use your language, adulthood, the soulhood, to actually get to a place of soulhood Then you uh, are living a life that is beyond ego, and and outside of personality disorder, and outside of all those egoic concerns and fears and worries, and that's a big deal. It's a big deal to Mm -hmm. get an understanding. So, yeah. So it's uh, so I'm I'm hoping that that the folks that are that are uh, tuning in are 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 capturing that this is um, a rich a rich way to approach the topic of self evolution. Mm-hmm. And for those people that are actually interested in self evolution
2: yeah 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 and 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 just just the way you um break it down it it really um uh, it's it almost becomes almost like common sense i mean it it <laughs> yeah, seems I, like I I common that. sense to me and i I think about the fact that well first of all that we're not tapping into the the right side of our brain, which kind of then opens up that communication with the soul, but the intelligence of the soul and, and the fact that we have somehow, you know, blocked that out of our lives or only allow it in, in small percentages. I mean, we're really living very limited lives because of that.
1: Yeah. So the soul has
2: this wonderful intelligence that we aren't using to its full potential. (laughs)
0: Yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's more than just uh, uh, that we're constricted. We're, we're actually blind. We're blinded by the mm. ego and yeah. we can't see what it is that we need to see. And, and, you know, I, I, I had a case today of a, uh, of a client and I did that to him. I, I asked him, he came in with an anxiety disorder, an disorder and obsessive compulsive disorder. And he's been in front of a therapist for about a half a year or more and he hasn't really got much and the therapist introduced him to chakras and it kind of mm. turned him off and and he's not mm. making his appointments and so um you want you want to love this Irma. when i introduced him to the soul when i introduced him to the soul's intent and what it was and who he was and all of that he said something that that no client has ever said to me before he said when i asked him what do you think about what i just taught you he said well i, I don't want to be uh, I don't want to say anything negative. He says, but it sounds like you're trying to sell me something. Huh. And I laughed. and I said, and I said, I said, because I because I was inspiring him, and it was making such perfect sense. He says, it sounds like you're trying to sell me something. And let's say his name was David. I said, yeah, I'm yeah. trying to sell you David. I'm trying to sell you David. He says, wow. uh, he says, I thought you were going to. And he fell out. He says what, really? You know, it was kind of like uh, he thought I was going to try to get him to come back and see me, that I was trying to sell me and know. get him to come. I said, no, I'm, I'm trying to sell you on you, and you spent no time on you at all. This is a kid that's about 27,
1: 28 years old. He spent know.
0: no time Looking at who he is, and so so, and, and remember, I told you that that you asked me once a long time ago, Ernie, why are you still doing this after thirty plus years, and yeah. do you ever get burned out or discouraged, whatever? And I said, no. How can you get burned out from inspiring somebody? So today, he was so taken by my inspiration, and we were talking about him. <laughs> he thought I was trying to sell him something, and I thought, well, wow, that uh. is so cool because I said, well, then, I, I, yeah, I'm trying to sell you on David.
1: And he was wowed
0: by that. He was wowed by that, and he and he thought he said I never thought about it that way before. And I Mm -hmm. said, yeah, which is totally you know I'm not trying to sell you on anxiety disorder or obsessive compulsive disorder. Then I asked him to point on his body where he thought the human compass was, and he pointed to his head, of course. And I said, see, this is part of the problem. This is where you live. And so I told, him, I told him, of course, that the heart was the compass, and we went on from there. So it was about 30 minutes of the guy just being totally wowed by the whole conversation. And, and uh, really, I'm, I'm, I'm telling that story for the listeners to understand that that's what this is. I mean, when you understand the soul's intent, you can't help but be wowed by it
1: mm-hmm,
0: because, yeah. because it's, it sees the whole of who you are. It sees the whole of your life in a way that you're not bothering to see, and it offers context. An ethical context for a way to be in the world, yeah. and uh, okay. and instead of a moral way to be in the world, because this kid was very ed up with guilt. You know, he said he had a lot of guilt, mm-hmm. and I said, "What are you guilty for?" I said, "Have you pushed a woman in a wheelchair in front of a bus?" And he says, "No." <laughs> I said, "I said so. What have you done? What are you, what are you guilty for?" And he's, you know, and you know, and what he was guilty for is well, I, I didn't turn out. The way I thought I was going to, I I started college and I dropped out or, you know, I didn't, I was going to be a lawyer and now that's not going to happen. And I said, so then the guilt that you're feeling is self-blame and self-punishment because there's a right and a wrong way to be David. And he said, yeah, I said, well, guess what? That's made up.
1: Mm.
0: That's made up. And, uh, And so I got him to get in that observer position and see himself from the observer and he fell out when he did that. And I said, who is that that just did the observing and he goes, who? And I went, it's you, David. <laughs> it certainly wasn't uh, me. <laughs>
1: uh.
0: and, and so and so this idea of being able to see your life through the lens of the soul and see what the soul sees, once you actually start seeing your life from that perspective, it's impossible to unsee it.
1: It's mm. impossible
0: to act, to act like that you didn't see what you saw. And so he's going to think about it <laughs> because I told him to go back to his therapist next week. And go in and, and tell them you don't want to work on your diagnosis of obsessive compulsive disorder and anxiety disorder. Instead, you want to work on who David is.
2: Yeah. And see what your, ther- and
0: see what your therapist does with that.
2: <laughs> yeah, Gosh, That's so so true. And and I was thinking of of how you must have inspired him. And I thinking of that that word inspire or to be inspirational it's actually to help someone align with their spirit in inspire means in spirit so it's like reigniting Mm -hmm. somebody's spirit if if they have uh, lost it or if it has gotten broken
0: yes absolutely
2: yeah well and
0: and and when you think about when you think about the spiritual movement, and you think about inspirational speakers, motivational speakers, what are they trying to motivate you to be? If it isn't the best version of yourself you know, possible,
1: and mm-hmm. uh, but
0: unfortunately, unfortunately, what they're teaching you are techniques, or they're teaching you, um, you know, all different kinds of stuff. Walk across hot coals <laughs> and
1: mm-hmm. prove
0: that, and prove that you can do it. You know, they're doing all kinds of little tricks to show you that you can do anything, anything you should, that you set your mind to well they 're still talking to the ego though no. uh if you if you were, if you 're communicating with the soul then you don 't need to walk across hot coals to prove that you that you have all kinds of potential so so it's it 's a totally different uh, twist but it 's also uh, like you said a common sense approach to the human
2: experience yeah. Yeah, it it really really is, and I was thinking I don't know if you would be open to to this, but because this book is so rich and 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 broken down chapter by chapter so well, I was thinking possibly we could um, take do do a show or even in in our videos that we're doing one chapter at a time, one intention at a time, and expand on on that and just oh. go through the whole book.
0: Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah because because yeah. You, you you and I are moving towards a place where uh, I want to teach this at a larger level, and uh, mm-hmm. and and certainly, it would make perfect sense
2: to do something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I would love to do that because it's it, it's just so rich, and and to me, um, what you're really doing in this book and in all your teachings that you're you're offering is you're you're not kind of like putting yourself out there saying, look at me, I'm the teacher, I have the answers. You're really pointing back to your audience, to your listeners, to your students, and telling them they have the answers within themselves. And that answer is to connect to to their soul, to their highest intelligence, to live their life to their fullest potential.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and and it's yeah, it, yeah, it, it, um, um, it, it I'm, I'm hearing my voice is recording. It's coming back as an echo for some reason. Oh no, oh no. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Okay. Um,
2: yeah, yeah. I, I think
0: I think that what's pro, what's profound about about the the work that I'm teaching is is that I can tell you how I got here, but it's not going to be how you're going to get here.
1: Mm-hmm. Or I
0: can be the I can be the guy up front and say that in and write a book of, you know, this is how I had my awakening and so therefore let me teach you about about how you can find uh your life and yourself through my awakening. That isn't that isn't the way I'm teaching this. It. Instead it's it's you have the you have the this internal GPS that is uniquely your own. Your demons are uniquely your own. Your ego is uniquely yours. Uh, and so, how you get here and what that experience is like is going to be yours. And uh, yeah. and so, this is where this is where I think the spiritual community kind of kind of falls short is is that they're they're trying to sidestep and go around this idea that uh, that the the road to self is inward, and you have to travel that path at some level. And it and it isn't a scary kind of awful place to be,
1: at mm-hmm.
2: all. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, that's that's interesting because I know I can't remember what conversation we were having, but I I asked you. So, what is it that people are trying to transcend? Because because to me that it that feels like even that that word or that idea of transcendence feels like spiritual bypassing to me. It it feels like yes. um, a belief in some kind of shortcut to get somewhere, and there is no shortcut. <laughs> Yeah. Well, if you well, if you understand that
0: the relationship between the human spirit and the ego, and remember the human spirit is the feeling reaction to the present moment, the the relationship with the human spirit is to provoke the ego to awaken. That provocation cannot be sidestepped.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, it
0: isn't. It isn't provoking you to drive you crazy. It isn't provoking you to make you crazy.
1: Although it's it can feel that to, way. <laughs>
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it can feel that way. Uh, yeah. but, but what it does, what it does is, is that it, it, it starts giving some, some validity and value to the human angst, uh, which is built into what it means to be a human being. And the mm-hmm. angst is really I got cut away from who I was in the beginning, and now I'm trying to reconnect. And, yeah. that, and, that, and that reconnection is, uh, is an inward journey. Uh, you're not going to do it, uh, you know, three easy steps in a book somewhere. You're not going to do it that way. There isn't there isn't a cookbook approach. There is some. There's a context for it, but it isn't. It doesn't. It isn't particularly a cookbook kind of approach, or nor nor a shotgun approach really. Uh,
2: yeah. To understanding
1: that, that it, oneself.
2: Yeah. But it does lead to the same place as a lot of spiritual teachers are talking about, um, you know, the power of now. Well, the soul's intent and your teachings lead to that, that same place, but it kind of, um, uh, there's a realization that the power of now, it, you don't just get there and you're there. There, there has to be an understanding of why weren't you there to begin with, and if you can find well, your way there, how do you stay there?
0: <laughs> yeah, the power of now is just another way of saying the, yeah, and right. so you have to think so you have to think about what would be the opposite of the power of present it would be it would be uh the lack of power because of absence, the
2: absence, yeah, absence of yeah um, what? I, but, yeah
0: well which which means you're you're in your head the the, mm-hmm. the power of presence is really the power of now the power of presence is how do i stay in my body and be mm-hmm. mindful the, the the head by itself is is absent the the head and the body combined is what buddhism calls mindfulness and so mm-hmm. you want to you want to include the body uh, with with the brain to be mindful so to be mindful mm-hmm. is to be present. So it's yeah, and it's um it's a big deal. It's a big deal to get it's a big deal to understand, but I think that I think that it, it gets convoluted a lot with a lot of big words and a lot of um uh this is the way that I did it, so you can do it this way. <laughs> and that that's not that's not the total truth because it's gotta be your way. <laughs> you know, it's gotta be whatever your soul's intent is. It isn't my soul's intent.
2: That's, that's, that's so, so true. I know that's, that's how I learn best is, you know, no matter what it is I'm trying to understand or, or learn, I have to go kind of go through my own process of, of, of learning that. And that's what I think is wonderful about your approach in, in teaching is, is that is what you're teaching. Like you, you have to get this yourself. You have to go through this process yourself. And then you well, there's, there's a reason yeah.
0: well, there's a reason why there's a reason why we call it a journey <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. it
0: isn't it, it isn't Ernie's journey or Irma's journey, it's your journey yeah and uh and and the reason we use the word journey is is that it's your own unique journey as your soul is your own unique uh gift, and mm-hmm. being able to tap into that uniqueness and that authenticity is really what we're talking about here and um and and so, I hope that that the more people listen and the more they understand the teachings, is that they're, they're going to see, as you said earlier in the show, is that there's a there's a lot of common sense involved in this, and there's a there's a sequence of emotional and spiritual development that one has to go through to evolve. You mm-hmm. can't skip can't skip stages. You can't skip. Uh, uh, you can't transcend the ego and go around it. Uh, yeah supposed to take you're supposed to be bringing the ego with you as you as you go into the present. So
2: yeah,
1: into yeah. The, yeah. Yeah.
2: And and I love those parts within this book where you do um, write about the ego and, and how it was formed and why it was formed and and what part it plays kind of in um, uh, keeping us from that that soul communication and 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 you don't write it in a way that um, or or teach it in a way that the ego is bad, and we have to get rid of it completely, but that that's not possible.
0: No, <laughs> it, no, and it's no.
2: not
0: It's not possible, nor is it true. i mean the what what you're attempting to do is if the human spirit is provoking the ego to awaken, then the provocation is self is a self correction. So would you would you would you prefer to listen to your spirit which is a which is a physical memory of your your of your uh, of the soul's birth or would you rather listen to the ego which really only knows the outside world it only knows your outside experiences in your outside world and it operates in the past and so it doesn't really know how to be here now the ego does not mm-hmm. know how to do that and so so the provocation is to get the ego to be present with itself and the reason that it's afraid to do that is, is that it doesn't have a guidance system for what is happening internally, and in that and that's where the the heart and the soul come in. Is the guidance system is there, you just have to tap into
2: it. Yeah, yeah. Something you said in one of our last conversations and I don't know if you want to expand on that at all on on this particular show, but you mentioned something about that f- a feeling of being abandoned by the ego. Yeah. I don't know if that's exactly yeah, how I, you put it, but
0: well, it's 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 not it's abandoned in the sense that I, I said that I was doing some writing on the Wisdom Series, and something occurred to me as I was writing that um, that when we actually begin to feel helpless because the ego has been so great at, at the adapting uh, to the outside world that when we go inside, it abandons us because in the inside dimension, the ego doesn't really know what to do or it can't guide us you see yeah yeah uh, and so and so and so that sense of helplessness and that sense of fear that comes with that that abandonment of the ego is is part of the is part of the issue so when we go Mm -hmm. inward to understand ourselves better um, we don't have that outside adaptive uh, piece working for us it's working against us
1: Uh, Mm -hmm. unless
0: unless we unless the ego is awakened and that's really what the angst is for the angst is to awaken us to the present moment. So it's important to understand that that means that all adversity, all things that we suffer with as human beings, is to self-correct that detachment from the soul.
1: Hmm. So it's a,
0: there's a there's a symbiotic relationship between the soul, spirit, ego, and heart. But we're only using two of those functions. When all four mm-hmm. of them working together is your gift.
2: Yeah. Yeah, gosh, that makes and be, so much and, sense.
0: And, move, and moving through those different lenses, I call them organs of perception. When, you, when mm-hmm. you move to the organs of perception that those four constructs kind of symbolize, then you begin to see the significance of that. It's, it's a totally different set of glasses to look at the world through just the, uh, uh, the ego and the provocation of the human spirit when you go internally you now have the lens of the heart and the soul as well so yeah. you're you're really uh and this is where insight and foresight come from the ego mm-hmm. only lives on hindsight
1: right. it only
0: knows hindsight it doesn't really know how to be insightful and it doesn't have any particular gift in that area but it is quite adaptive and it will, and that's the point, is that if you get it present, then the ego will adapt to anything that it needs to adapt to. So in that regard, it's quite, it's quite special, the yeah. ego. And, and so, yeah, it's not it's not the bad guy, as, we, as we're taught a lot. The ego is not the bad guy.
2: Right. And until we get those organs of perceptions kind of working together, there would be a feeling of, whether we're aware of it or not, there would be an imbalance in our lives. There would be a being out of sync. There would be not living up to our full potential because without those organs of perception, um, working together, we can't live up to our full potential. It really wouldn't be possible. No,
0: no, in fact, it seems like they're working in opposition to us.
2: Yeah.
1: In other words,
0: no matter what we're doing, no matter what we're doing in our lives, we feel something is off. We feel something's just not right. Well, that's the opposition. That part of you that's having that sensation, that's coming from your gut. That's coming from your intuition. And intuition is, is actually, uh, and I was writing about this this week, uh, you breathe into your stomach uh, to relax for a reason. You actually breathe into your stomach to give oxygen to your own intuition.
1: Mm. And, it
0: will, and, your, and your intuition needs to breathe. And so it, it, it's not a coincidence that it's calming to take take a breath and to uh, and to literally let that out slowly because what you're really doing is you're moving from an emotional animal to a feeling animal,
1: mm, and when you do that, so you yeah. are
0: when you do that, you're now yeah. using your intuition, and that mm. and that's what and, and so regaining some sense of uh, confidence and some sense of trust and some sense of. Um, of connection to that intuitive side of the self is is really the uh, the, the dimension of the soul and is the dimension of the heart,
1: right, and so right. many of
0: us don't, so many of us don't trust that dimension because we don't have a relationship to it, but right. yet it's there and it's it's never off it's always on, that's yeah. how we know something is off. It's almost like you have to go what is that that is telling me something is off. It's not the brain,
2: right. If, right. I, feel, if and, I
0: feel something's out of, out, of, out of sync, what is that that's telling me that? And, so, and right. so when you get a sense of that that communication is coming from someplace other than the brain, you have to go, well, wow, which one of those do I want to identify with? Do I want to identify with that part of me that intuitively knows, or do I want to be connected to that part of me that intuitively, has, intuitively hasn't got a clue
1: because mm-hmm. the ego
0: really cannot do intuition? it learns from hindsight it learns from experience and then it makes up a bunch of stuff about what the truth is
1: right
0: and uh, and and, and, yeah. and invariably the ego breaks it down black and white right or wrong good or bad it mm. breaks mm. it down yeah
2: yeah and that word intuition i believe um intuition means the inner the into intuit means the inner teacher I mean that's what yeah. that word actually means. So we're you know it's not good to bypass our our inner teacher. That's there, that's there yeah. for a reason. Yeah, yeah. Well, in intentional um, in intentional mm-hmm. guide
0: in, in intentional evolution, I talk about four voices. Uh, we've got the, the 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 counselor, the mediator, the critic, and the bully. Well, uh, the intuition is tapped into the counselor and the mediator a critic and the bully is tapped into the ego. So you can see that if you're going to break those voices down, where do they live? Well, the the critic and the bully lives in our heads,
1: Hmm. and the
0: counselor and the mediator lives in our hearts and in our body. And so this is
1: the the distinction.
0: So so when you're saying, which voice do I want to listen to, which voice do I want to identify with, then you have to get all those working together. It's a conversation.
1: It's actually actually an internal conversation.
2: Yes. Yeah. And and I I think that's great because I mean we can't we can't deny the critic and the the bully that exists in all of us. So to communicate with it. To to have yeah. that conversation. Yeah.
0: Well the, the the language for it in in in, in Eric Berne's work which is TA transactional analysis the 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 language in his model is inner child. And in uh, his language, that not okay child and that critical controlling parent is only one half of the equation. The other half of the equation is the is the spontaneous child, and the loving compassionate parent, uh, mm-hmm. as well as as well as the logical adult, which is which is present. So there's there's two or three different ego states in the TA model that, that they move people through in therapy on that. So it really is giving some validity to these internal voices and to this internal dialogue that is taking place inside of us in spite of our lives. I mean, the conversations are happening.
2: It's just right. whether or not we're listening. Right, yeah. right. And that's one thing I wanted to mention for our listeners, too, which which really attracted me to your teachings is that your teachings are spiritual, yes, but they're all, they also include um, the, the psychological. So I think I'm correct in saying this that your teachings are, are psycho-spiritual.
0: Yeah, and really all that all that really means is that it's that they're beyond ego. The, the, the psychology of who you are is your personality and your ego. Uh, the spiritual, of course, is tapping into the soul and the heart of who you are. So it's those it's those components. Uh, one one of the things that struck me when I first started working with uh, with trauma patients is that if you can imagine a glass, let's say a styrofoam cup, and that styrofoam cup is literally your your ego. Uh, the contents of that cup would be the soul and spirit of who you are. That would be the liquid that's inside the cup, and so the question is which one do you want to identify with which is the formation of that cup which is holding your self esteem and your self worth and holding your soul and your spirit or do you want to identify with the contents of the cup you see mm. and so what what i what i learned to working with trauma is that if i cut off your legs that cup is ripped to shreds and you're sitting in front of me in a puddle and it took me a it took me a career to figure out that I wasn't supposed to help you reconstruct the brand new cup. What I was supposed to do is help you take the contents and pour it into another larger container, which which uh, is which is a developmental which is a developmental process. And so 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 really, you're expanding the, the the ego's growth by shifting from one idea of who you think you are to another perception of who you are. And so it's developmental because each time you you, you take that liquid, if you will, and move it from one cup to the next. Each container is larger, and so that that's really kind of existential philosophy and existential theory. But each container is larger, and so each container comes with freedom, and and so and so the freer you get, and you begin to understand that the collapsing of those containers of who you think you are, so you can become who you really are. Pretty soon you become containerless, and mm. that's and. You, So when you get to the place where the ego is no longer the container, then you are operating from the soul.
1: Wow. That's uh, so beautiful.
0: That's so beautiful. (laughs) And the ego is just just one of many players in that that process.
2: Right. Right. So if you would have helped your patients um, rebuild that cup that was shattered, would that – would you say that would have been teaching them coping skills, kind of how to cope with yeah. their yeah. 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 Wow. That, that's,
1: one
2: of
0: the things happen, that's one of the things that's happened with the mental health models is, yeah, imagine a styrofoam cup that has been punctured or mm-hmm. the side has been torn. What coping skills are is putting scotch tape around that cup, putting <laughs> – yeah putting glue on that cup, but doing some kind, of, but, uh, some kind of thing to keep the, the cup a cup so that yeah. it can contain the soul and spirit of who you are. It's now damaged because uh, uh. it's been torn and scotch, scotch tape back together, but it really uh. isn't. That isn't the process. The process wow. uh, is, to, it, is to really move you into a brand-new container, which is a much more present-day container of who you think you are. So, so it, it isn't a coincidence. It's developmental. And by developmental, I mean that we have four containers in a lifetime we are supposed to move through. The first one is adolescence. The second one is, is young adult. third is midlife. And the fourth one is old age. So we are supposed to move through those containers developmentally. And the only thing that collapses the container is suffering. Nothing else will do it.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And
0: so if you fight it, if you fight it, look what you're fighting for. You're fighting to keep yourself in the past.
1: Yeah. you're fighting
0: to keep yourself you're, you're you're fighting to define yourself in a way that is outdated you see? Uh. and so it's so it's all kind of it's, and so moving through those containers keeps you in keeps you in the present tense and so there's an evolutionary uh, pr- uh uh process that's happening you're actually graduating from one container to the next and the only thing that makes you graduate is embracing the suffering and using it for what it's intended to do which is to self correct
2: Right, yeah. and and you can't rush that that process. It's, it's a necessary process, and you can't get to that wonderful place of in because what you described as you were going through that, eventually reaching a place where there is no cup, where there is right. no cup. I, I mean, and but you can't get. You have to go through the process of getting there. You can't. You can't just get there. And I think that's one thing that yeah, you um, can't, a lot of yeah, spiritual teachers jump. try and yeah.
0: Yeah, you can't jump from the first to the fourth cup. No, you can't right.
2: or or having no, no cup work. at all, which would be the enlightened state, but you can't rush that. You can't you have to go through a process well, to as, get there.
0: As long as as long as you are are alive in this existence, you're going to have a container called the ego but if you are present with it then that which means it doesn't have any more bumps and bruises because you've healed all those bumps and bruises you're no longer guilty or ashamed of who you are so the so the cup can no longer be perforated by guilt and shame uh mm-hmm. then you are now uh. you, are, you are now in a you're in a present tense container and so that's the key part I mean so you're always going to have an ego as long as you're alive the key is you want that ego to be present tense
1: mm-hmm. uh,
0: and and if it is, then it's been, uh, to be present tense, and that means it's communicating with the soul and spirit of who you are and it's responding to the human spirit now in a much more symbiotic way, which is moving you towards the best version of yourself possible, and that's that's the goal.
2: Right that is the ultimate goal. Right. Well, I did promise our our listeners that we're gonna go through these four stages, that's at the end of your book the four stages of spiritual development, and, and I think they're so great. And um, I'm going to read each, each one, and as I do, maybe we could expand um, briefly on, on each one because they're, they're perfect. <laughs> um, the, the first stage, um, the hesitant stage, those who wish to be more self-expressive and have a better grasp of life. They have a vision of transformation, but are not prepared for how quickly this image can disappear. When the image does disappear, their lives and circumstances seem worse than before. Their pattern is to hesitate before they continue. During this stage, people struggle with depression and spiritual confusion. Would you like to Mm -hmm. expand on that a little bit, Ernie? Yeah
0: yeah the the hesitant the people that are in the hesitant stage are are spiritual people that don't realize that they are spiritual people In
1: mm-hmm. other words
0: they're still they're still struggling with a uh, a much more moral uh, perspective of their lives and their circumstances they're they're stuck in there's a right and a wrong way to be and they mm-hmm. get a glimmer they get a, they, they'll have a moment they'll have a sound bite where where their intuition is on, or their soul's perspective is 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 working, they'll get a glimmer of it, and then as quickly as they get it, it disappears, mm. and they don't and they don't know how it happened, and they 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 wanna they wanna backpedal and say. What did I do, or what was I doing in my life? Because I was, I, I got a wake up moment, and but I can't find it again. It disappeared. How do I get it back? And, and so yeah, that's what that phase is about. And it, uh, and a lot of people are there. It's kind of like they take a step forward, and then they take three steps back. They take another mm-hmm. step forward, and four steps back, and so uh, they don't understand. Yeah. Uh, at that particular phase they they have no sense of what's uh, what 's pulling them. They only have a sense of what 's driving them, and in this case, it would be the human ego of course
1: yeah, uh, yeah. And, so,
0: and so and so they have they have a soundbite. bite and that, and that's that 's the drug of the soul 's intent if there is a drug uh, is that when you get the the brain to release serotonin and norepinephrine and some of the feel good chemicals That's that 's when you have an insight about your life and your circumstances. And then as quickly as you have it, it, it somehow disappears and life just goes on as usual. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, so that's kind of what that stage is about. Yeah,
2: yeah. So that makes yeah. Sense. It, it makes total sense. It makes total sense. And, and it continues kind, kind of to evolve through these um, development stages. The next stage is the balancing stage, those who experience their duality or opposites. They become aware of their defenses, insecurities, social barriers, and boundaries of fear. Because they examine their inner images thoroughly, there is an understanding of how to gain emotional nourishment. These individuals have an epiphany. The instant they get a glimpse of what they are seeking, their gratitude evokes a balance and a strong need to experience the balance again. Theirs is a tearful and frustrating stage because they don't know what to do to bring back into view what they saw.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, that's the stage really of, of uh, when we get a sense of the opposite and we get mm-hmm. a sense of the tension between the opposites. And then And then once we understand what the tension is, we polarize to one side or the other and then the tension stops. Uh, and in and, and in that and in that moment of polarization, we have an epiphany that these opposites exist, and that something can be done uh, about the tension between the opposites. And so so they so people in that particular stage start to get a sense that you know maybe this can be balanced, maybe this part of me that's opposing this and opposing myself, uh, maybe this dualistic uh, myopic. Uh, Uh, rigid approach needs to be expanded on. And that's what they have a sense of. And so it's almost like they, it's like that, that stage is about, about experiencing balance for just a moment and really getting a rush from that and wanting more of it. And, Mm -hmm. uh, and it becomes, it it becomes tearful because it's hard to hold on to the balance because the ego wants, because the ego wants to polarize. It wants to pick a side. On, in, in any kind of a tug of war uh, internally, the, the the ego wants to pick a side and to just to relieve the tension. So yeah. If that makes sense, that's that's kind of what this phase is about.
2: Yeah. And, and these well, stages,
0: I I I, I might mm-hmm. I, I might want to add here too, Irma. These stages all kind of overlap. They're mm-hmm. not pure. They're not. You know, there, there isn't one. You don't graduate from one to the other. It's Not linear. They kind of overlap, uh, uh, and they kind of grow. One stage kind of grows upon the other. Yeah, uh, as you begin to awaken, and as you begin to awaken, yeah.
2: Yeah, and the beautiful thing about these these stages, they're all they're all necessary. They're all necessary. Yeah. It's, it, there's nothing, even though there's you know depression and tears, and it, it is like a an, an awakening and going through a grieving process and becoming aware that we have lost ourselves somewhere along the way. I mean, to me that's what what these stages are are pointing out, so it's kind of like a, a process of grief that's going on as as we go through these different stages, yeah. and they're all necessary,
0: yeah, yeah the grief the the grief of the loss of self is the first grief that we experience, and we don't even realize that that's what we're going through we mm-hmm. we know that again that something's off we know we're sad, we know that we uh, that something's missing we can't get our finger quite on what it is and that and so that that it it is a grief reaction and um and so so yeah so so we really are grieving uh grieving as we go through the process because we're letting go each each one of these stages is about letting go
2: right and uh, And there it's not done perfectly it's not like here's the first stage then the second stage it's kind of like uh back and forth and like you said they overlap just like in the grieving just like in the grieving process. So the next stage well, I, is I, the uh
0: huh. I was just gonna say I, I I gave you the image one night of the of a spiral and yes. I asked you to I asked you to trace the spiral on a piece of paper and then follow the spiral around and put an X uh, that would be parallel to where you began.
1: Mm-hmm. And if you
0: go around the if you go around the spiral again and put another X, what you end up doing is you build a straight line. Well, that is the path. It's mm-hmm. not the spiral.
1: Itself.
0: It's that straight line that you're making as you as you ascend to a higher level of consciousness. And so, a lot of a lot of people think that the path is the spiral itself. <laughs> when in actuality, it, it every time you go up a layer, you really come by the the place that you just left to get to the next level.
2: And that's where oh. the grieving comes. Oh wow, that's so important. <laughs> that's so important to be aware of. Oh my goodness, that's just one of the many things that that you, I think, bring to the table. That that that's so different is is you do use images a lot, and it's I have found that to be really really helpful. I, I think because I I. Um, um, kind of like sense my way through life through through images and and that's why I relate so much to to your teachings one of the many many reasons Um well, I jokingly in- say that mm-hmm.
0: I, I jokingly say that that I think that uh, what I do is 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 optometry that I'm helping people see things more clearly and yes. so that's why that's why I use images because people never forget images
2: oh that's so so true So we have two more stages. The envisioned stage, those who see a vision of the eternal. Theirs is a painful realization because once they have such an image, it will not fade. Once it is in their awareness, this image of the eternal glows brighter and brighter. Past hopes and dreams help them remember the the older traditional path not always aware of what is happening within them, these individuals just know to continue.
0: Yeah, the envision stage is uh, uh, when you see God.
2: Mm.
1: Uh,
0: And and when you have that first experience of being in front of the eternal and recognizing there's no right or wrong way to be in front of that, it's literally touching uh, your own divinity. Uh, Mm. uh, And once you begin to... Uh, you, you, you're making a shift in the envision stage from believing in God to knowing God. And, and, and most importantly, the God that is within you. And the God that is within you is that drop of water that is your soul. And so when you have a sense of your own soul's presence, and when you have a sense that that soul is connected to something larger than you, you cannot stop wanting more of that.
1: Yeah. Uh, and
0: so the, envision, so the envision stage is you cannot unsee what you have seen. Mm. And once you mm. once you know once you know God at that level, you cannot you no longer have to sit around and, and, and banter about beliefs anymore. You now have yeah. a sense of knowing that there's something larger than yourself, and it is eternal. And that part of you that is eternal is the soul, as I say all the time. It's never off. It's never away. It's never gone. And it's always there, orchestrating you to see what it is you need to see. That is the soul's function.
1: Yeah. So once you
0: that so that's the envision that's the envision stage that's literally seeing life through the soul's lens for the first time. Mm,
2: mm, mm. Gosh, and then the present stage those um, whose connections with the eternal are real and current, more evolved than the general population. They are vigorously creating as much energy as possible to benefit and transform others. Their wish is to stay with. What they have discovered and make it as available to others as possible. These individuals somehow know that they can become whatever they wish to become.
0: Yeah, and that and that literally is is what you would call soulhood. Uh,
2: mm-hmm. the, the
0: the present stage is that you have reached uh, a place in your own spiritual development. Now that there's no way you can go back. Who, who, or how you were before, and you wouldn't want to. All you want to do is move forward, and the natural thing to want to do is then share that, in some in some uh, self-expressive self-expressive way with other people. It's kind of like it's kind of like seeing what you've seen, experience what you've experienced, and now wanting to share that with others. And that and that's really what that is. And it's no longer yeah. ego-based at all. And there's no and there's no egoic, uh, lens there because you're in the present in the present tense
2: with it. Yeah, yeah, and 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 those stages are just it's so perfect. I mean, as as I was rereading the book and and rereading the the stages, I mean, I relate to all of them, and yeah, I am definitely still in that place of kind of going um, where they where they overlap, and I'm learning and growing, and and it's, and it's all good. It's all good. There's, there's one, yep. other, it is, it is, it really is all good and beautiful. It um, doesn't mean it's painless at all, <laughs> but even the pain is good. There's one thing um, yep. I took out of your book that I, I, I really liked it so much. I wanted to make sure that I, I um, read it on the show and that the soul's intent is that we arrive, get here and be present without punishing or blaming others for not being here. Presence allows an observation of our lives without judgment. It is the dimensional quality of love. I thought that was was so, so beautiful, because that's what the work leads you to, that dimensional quality of love.
0: Yeah. yeah. You, One of the things that you learn in, in the work that I'm teaching is, is that love and truth and freedom actually is a physical place. It is an information. It is an acts of good deed. Uh, it is an ethical, loving, uh, all-encompassing view of your life. And, uh, and, and the realization that the world doesn't revolve around you, uh, that you are connected to the world, and your contribution to that reality is – your own self-expression, and so yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it's a big deal to get that love and truth and freedom is a place,
1: uh, mm-hmm.
0: because so many of us so many of us think that it's behavior or it's good deeds or it's something else. We don't stop and realize that it's actually a dimensional place, and and there's a door that we literally walk through uh, mm-hmm. uh, to get to to get here. So when a lot of people ask me that have gone through the door, in each of these stages that they've had, a, uh, they've had a moment of being close to the door. They went through the door, and they don't know how it happened, and the door disappeared. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it really was uh, a bunch of stuff that they had stopped doing that caused the door to appear. And when mm-hmm. they stopped doing whatever it was that was undoing their lives, uh, they had a moment of presence, and in that moment of presence, they were here, and, and, and they got a surge, an infusion of love and truth and freedom even if it was a soundbite.
1: And mm-hmm. that,
0: that one little tiny that one little tiny infusion of, of love and truth and freedom is absolutely contagious. Once you get it, you want more of it. And so, mm-hmm. and so what we lack, Irma, many of us lack for this is a context, and this is what I'm teaching, is that if there's anything that's, uh, that's absent in the spiritual movement is where we, we have a religious context for this, which is very, very limiting in your own relationship to your soul. Uh, in your own relationship to your own spirituality uh, spirituality and spiritual evolution, it, uh, religion is limiting in that regard. We know that because it is done inside of you. It is not done outside of you. And, uh, and, so, it's, and so to get to the ethic that is tied to what it means to be human means to get to a place of uh, the capacity to suffer with oneself, which is another way of saying to love oneself in spite of what life is, or isn't, and uh, and to embrace that. And mm. once you've done that, and you've done it, and you've done it often enough, it becomes with practice. It begins to become a dimension you want to live in as much mm. as possible. In, in a in a world that takes that takes you away from it all the time. You know, I mean, it's, right. The function of the, the this is the collective ego. The function of the collective ego is to take us away from that uh, that feel good sensation of what it means to be here.
1: Thank you for being a part of The Soul's Intent with author, psychologist, and spiritual
0: teacher, Ernie Vecchio. This is the show that can open your mind to things you never thought possible.